0: Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Well, I do want to mention, uh, she slipped in the other day, but it's good to have Megan back home for a few days, all the way from Pennsylvania. And uh, we miss Megan and Craig, and it's good to have Jessica Kalbatrov all the way from California. This is Sister Vera's sister. And uh, all of our visitors and guests, we're glad that you're here tonight glad to see all of you in the house of the Lord and I want to talk to you for just a little bit about hearing God's voice. This is the third installment of this lesson. I'm going to do my best to just wrap it up tonight Uh, but it's important that we hear God's voice. Amen. It's important that we take time and allow God to respond to us. Uh, Prayer is is not just a one-way conversation. It shouldn't be And our relationship with God shouldn't just be a one-way conversation. We We should talk to God and we should be able to hear God's voice. That's part of what it means to be a Christian. And so we've taken our main text from John chapter 10. If you have your Bible, John chapter 10 and verse number 27. That's the next slide. John 10 and verse number 27 says this. My sheep hear my voice. This is very important. This is Jesus speaking. And if you're a part of the flock of God, then you will experience the voice of God. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And they follow me. And so tonight... For just a little while, I want to talk to you. We've, we've looked at different ways that uh, we can seek the voice of God. We've looked at different elements of, of how uh, we should expect God to respond. But I want to look at different ways and different means that God speaks through tonight. And I have quite a few. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dwell on some of them for a while. And I'm going to jump past some of them pretty quickly uh, for the sake of time. So put your Bibles down, let's lift up our hands, and let's ask the Lord to to be with us tonight, can we? Lord, in your name, I pray right now that we would be the sheep of your pasture, God, that we would hear your voice, that we would seek your voice, Lord, that we would respond to your voice, that you would know us, God, Lord, that we would be able to recognize your voice past all the, the noise in this world, beyond all the clutter and everything that's pushing and And seeking our attention, Lord, I pray that we could drown all of those other voices out and that we would be able to hear your voice clearly. And we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And everyone said in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. God bless you. You can be seated. I'll take you to the next slide and we'll start with number one. And some of these are are uh, fairly, um, fairly. Known and you, these will be no surprise to you, and some might surprise you a little bit, but before I jump into this uh, this list of ways that God speaks to us and things that He speaks to us through, can I just pause and preach for just a minute and I know I know it's Wednesday night, and some of us look like we're afraid we're going to get the flu real bad. We may not have it, but you're afraid you're going to have it and uh, but let me just say it's more important than ever I believe in In the generation that we live in and the society and the world that we live in to emphasize that many people never hear the voice of God because they are so attached to noises that drown out the voice of God. And so people are attached to their cell phones and they're attached to their screens and they're attached to different devices that are constantly pulling their attention away from the voice of God. And it's not necessarily sinful, although some of it can be sinful. But it's very important that we take intentional time to communicate with God and allow God to respond back. Uh, Often I'll hear people say it's so hard to find time to pray. But, you know, there's this amazing little thing on our cell phones now, especially if if you have an Apple. And I imagine even if you have uh, something else, it does this for you as well. Uh, Now your phone will give you these screen time updates. Anybody get those? It'll tell you everything that you've been doing on your phone for the past day, the past seven days. It'll show you how much time you were on social media, how much time on the Internet, how much time playing games. It'll show you everything that you've been doing for the past 24 hours or the past week. And uh, and that's a good thing. It can be a little bit humbling sometimes. And. I think that it teaches us that every person has time for prayer. Everyone has time for prayer. We just don't prioritize prayer. We prioritize a lot of things. We prioritize things that distract us from prayer. Even things that aren't sinful can become sinful when they constantly pull us away from the voice of God. How many want to hear the voice of God? Well, every once in a while, you're going to have to turn some things off and shut some things down and get away and be alone with God for a moment so that you can hear his voice. So here's some ways that God speaks to us. He speaks through the Bible. Everyone said the Bible. I think this is the most common way that God speaks to his people. And I've said this many times, and I'm going to say it probably until the day I die. Often people are searching for a word from God, but they have not opened up the word of God. And God is not going to speak to you if you refuse to open up his word. When you open up his word, God will begin to interact with you through his word. He'll speak to you not only through the words that you're reading, but he'll also speak to you as you're reading those living words. And so the most powerful thing that you can do if you want to hear the voice of God is open up your Bible. I know that seems incredibly simple. But it's really one of the most profound things you can do in your entire life is to fall in love with the word of God and to open it and read it and let it be alive in your life. Number two, and I'm going to pause here for just a moment. God will often speak to us by opening and closing doors. God will often speak to us by opening and or closing doors. And so there's been many times in my life where there was a a door that I wanted to go through. There was a direction that I wanted to go. There was something that I wanted to do. And while I prayed about it and I tried to press that door open. Have you ever tried to force a door open in your life? You ever tried to force something open? And uh, and you might have even really been sincere and thought it was the will of God. Many times in my life, I've tried to break a door down and I thought it was the will of God for me to break that door down. But God just barricaded it shut on me. And that is as clear a signal from God as if he opened up the heavens and sit down a ray of light and spoke to me audibly. God was saying, no, this door is not for you. And so we have to be willing to accept it when God slams doors shut that we'd like to be open. And sometimes he opens doors That we hesitate to walk through. Sometimes he he gives us an opportunity. Paul said uh, in 1 Corinthians 16 and 9. He said that uh, there's an open door for me to preach. There's an open door for me to do what God's calling me to do. I just need to walk through it. Even though there's enemies against me. And and there's adversaries. And there's trouble and problems. God's given me an open door. And so I'm going to walk through the open door. And, uh, and this is something that we have to be sensitive to through prayer. And this is one of those moments when, when God slams the door shut that we want to be open, that we have to be able to pray like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane and say, not my will, but thy will be done. That's hard sometimes, isn't it? It's hard when you really want to do something or you, you really think this is the direction for your life and God says No but you have to be sensitive to that. And God speaks very clearly by the opening of opportunities and the closing of opportunities. Number three, God will often speak through a still, small voice, just like he did Elijah in 1 Kings 19, 12. And we look for God, especially I think as Pentecostals, as apostolics, we're constantly looking for God in the fire. Amen. And we, we're looking for God in the thunder. We want to we, we like to shout and stomp and snort and huckabuck, and all of that's great, and all of that has its place. But sometimes God is going to speak to you in a very quiet whisper. He's going to speak to you when, when all the music is quiet and the choir's not thumping and the, and the drums aren't banging and nobody's leading in worship and nobody's preaching to you. God's just going to start speaking, but this is where it becomes incredibly important to go back to what I started off with tonight, and that is we've got to make sure that we don't have every other device in our life, every other distraction in our life, keeping us from being able to hear the still, small voice of God. Why why does God speak in a a whisper oftentimes? Anyone ever thought of that? Am I the only person? I've asked God this many times because I've heard it preached since I was a kid. He speaks in that still, small whisper. I believe that many times God speaks in a whisper because God is not going to compete with everything else that's fighting for your attention. God's not going to. I'm just going to preach to someone for a minute. God is not going to compete with Hollywood for your attention. God's not going to compete with your television for attention. God's not going to compete with your cell phone for attention. God will often speak in a still small voice Because he wants you to be listening and attentive to what he is trying to say. And people who are listening will hear the voice of God. I tell people often, they'll say, well, I can't hear the voice of God. And I'll tell them, you know, I believe that God is speaking to you and God is trying to speak to you. The problem is not that God isn't speaking. The problem is that he's speaking in a small, still voice and you're not hearing him. Because there are so many other things in your life that are pulling your attention away from the voice of God. Amen? Is that all right? Next slide. Number four. Number four. God will often speak to us through people. Everyone said people. He will. God still speaks to us through people. And it's not always the people that we expect, but Proverbs 24 and 6 says that in multitude of counselors, there is safety. In multitude of counselors, there is safety. There's safety when you seek out good godly counsel and you allow that into your life and you allow God to speak to you through the wisdom, the wise counsel. Everyone said wise counsel, the wise counsel of others. When we allow that, when we allow that wisdom into our lives, uh, we are allowing God to speak through people that he has ministered to before us. And this is very, very important. Number five, God will speak to us through good old common sense. Amen. Good old common sense. You know. I don't want to stay here too long, but uh, God, God does give us uh, a brain for a reason. Is that okay? Y'all look like you have Corona or something. Everybody okay? God gives us a, a brain for a reason. Uh, and And he does expect us to to use it. <laughs> he does. He expects us to have some good common sense and uh, if if you have to pray whether or not you should uh, use soap then uh, then you've got a problem. You need to have some good common sense. If you have to pray over whether or not you ought to brush your teeth, then you really you really just need God's not going to talk to you about that. He expects you to use some good. Common sense. And yet, there are many people who will, will seek God uh, for, for very strange things uh, that common sense would be the answer to the question. Is that okay? Is that okay? I had someone come to me one time and they, and they said, uh, I don't know whether or not God wants me to have to work a job. I think God might just want me to be able to stay home the problem is i've been staying home for a while and i don't have any food to eat and i said well god never told you not to work in fact god's word tells you that we ought to work and that we ought to provide and we ought to be useful and so when when you have the mindset the common sense ought to tell you that if you don't work you're not going to have any food in the house amen and uh, and if you're seeking god for things that the word has already told you and that common sense tells you, then you are not in a place where God's going to speak to you. Common sense, God gives it to us for a reason. Number six, conviction. Everyone said conviction. Conviction. This one's hard. We don't like this one. But God will speak to us through conviction. Can anyone just testify that God has pricked your heart? Can anyone ever just, that God's convicted you? Has God ever convicted you? Uh, very, very firmly where, I mean, he just, it was almost like just a rebuke straight from heaven. Sometimes the conviction of God can be incredibly firm, almost to the point of, of just bringing you to tears. There's been times where I've been under conviction so strong that I couldn't keep the tears from flowing. I, I, it just was devastating to me. And then sometimes God will convict us gently, It'll just be like a nudge. Anybody ever been nudged? Just conviction kind of nudged your heart and you felt that? Now, here's the danger with, with people who've been serving the Lord a long time. You can grow numb to conviction. You can get to the point if you ignore conviction long enough that God will be nudging you and, and you're just completely oblivious to what God's doing. It's not that he isn't convicting you any longer. It's just that you have grown numb to the convicting power of God. And this is a great danger. The only way that you can do that, the only way you can overcome that, is to constantly be praying, Lord, allow me to have a sensitive spirit like I used to have. Anybody ever prayed that prayer? Many times I've prayed, Lord, help me to be sensitive to your spirit like I was as a child, like I was when I first received the Holy Ghost, like I was when when I was still young and naive. And the Bible does say, by the way, except you have the faith of what a little child. You know, uh, the kids are upstairs and I can say this and and I'll say it carefully. You know, I have two children and my daughter. She was, never, she was never the kind to really be all that moved when she was corrected. You'd never believe it now because she's, she's very sweet. But when she was young, she was incredibly stubborn, incredibly hard-headed. And I mean, there was just almost nothing you could do. Uh, it, it would just be a battle. Everything was a battle. And I could correct her. And be very, very stern, and she'd be stern right back, and we'd have these big battles. And that's how some of us are in the spirit when we come to the Lord. My son uh, is the opposite. Uh, now, he, he's a little personality, and he gets into all kinds of things. But if, if I say one word of correction to him, he almost instantly goes into tears. It's just his nature and as and even as a child he was always that way he might get into trouble but he would respond instantly to correction and and you know as we grow older We lose that sense. We lose that sense of responding to correction a certain way. And sometimes I look at how my son responds to correction and I think, Lord, that's how I want to be with you. I want to be able to respond to you with a sensitivity. When I hear the voice of God say, you need to stop that. I want something in my spirit to just immediately say, Lord, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. I don't mean to do, I don't, not trying to, but God, if, if I've, if I've crossed the line somewhere, I want to be able to hear your voice and feel that prick of conviction. Conviction is not a bad thing. We, we, we look at conviction like it's a dirty word and uh, we don't like it. But conviction is a wonderful thing. Can, you know, pain is not a bad thing. We don't like pain, of course, but if you didn't have the ability To have the sensation of pain. This is the problem with leprosy. A leper can get a needle stuck in their foot and they have no ability to feel it. And so their foot will will, uh, go gangrene without them having any knowledge that something is wrong. And this is how lepers die because they are not able to feel pain. Pain tells you that there's a problem that you need to pay attention to. Conviction is the same thing in the spirit. Conviction tells you here's a problem that you need to pay attention to and in the end it can save your life It can save you from greater harm and greater pain And so we shouldn't run from conviction and we should never ever be too proud to allow god To convict us. Amen This is really the great danger. I feel like I need to stop here for a minute This is really the great danger is that often as we As we've served the Lord a long time, we can grow prideful and we think that we know everything or we can think that we're above sinning or that we're or because we do this right, that excuses us doing this wrong or because oftentimes Christians will have this mindset of, uh, well, at least I'm not that kind of sinner. At least I'm not that. But you gossip a lot. Well, but at least I'm. At least I'm not that kind of sinner. Well, but gossip is still a sin. Amen? Be a good place to say amen. All right. And so sometimes we, we are, we're oblivious to our own sin while we're very aware of everyone else's sin. And it takes conviction to correct us. And if we aren't careful, pride will keep us from receiving the conviction And what what should conviction cause us to do? Conviction should cause us to repent. Conviction should cause us to repent. And when we repent, we're right with God, and then we walk before the Lord as we should and then conviction begins to ebb away. Amen. Aren't you glad that God put you under conviction? You were able to repent and then God forgave you. And now you walk in the mercy and the grace of God. Now that you've repented, there is therefore no condemnation. Amen. Amen. So when the devil tries to come at you with condemnation, you can just say, no, I'm walking in the grace and the mercy of God. I've already dealt with that before the Lord. I've already felt that conviction and I already dealt with it before God. And now I'm free in the Lord. Amen. All right. Next slide. Number seven. Moving very quickly. God will speak to us through worship. First Thessalonians five, eighteen. God will speak to us as we worship. Uh, If have you ever been in a in a service or a moment in time as you begin to worship the Lord, where as you were just lost in worship. Anyone ever been lost in worship before? If it's been a while since you've been lost in worship, it's time for you to go back and worship the Lord like you used to. If you've ever been lost in worship and as you're as you're. Uh, crying out to God as you're you're, uh, giving praise to the Lord, oftentimes God will begin to speak to you in that moment. There's almost no greater experience than when you're worshiping the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And then the Lord begins to speak to you as you worship him. Aren't you glad God will minister to you as you worship him? In fact, oftentimes some of the greatest words of encouragement That I've ever received from the Lord were during times of worship. When I was pouring out myself in worship and the Lord began to minister to me and give me encouraging words. Sometimes we need the Lord to encourage us, don't we? Sometimes we need the Lord to encourage us. Sometimes we hear a little too many Corona stories, too many coronavirus stories. And we need the Lord to encourage us, don't we? If I see one more face mask out and about, I pray, Lord, I need you to encourage me. Just encourage me. Sometimes we need that. Number eight, God will speak to us through authorities. God will speak to us through authorities. In particular, uh, Paul in Romans 13.1 is talking about secular authorities. So God will speak to us through authorities that have been placed in our lives. And, uh, and the Bible teaches us that all authority uh, comes from God. So God will, uh, God will set up authority. God will tear down authority. And God will often speak to us through authorities. Number nine, God will speak to us through natural things. Psalm 19.1 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. And so God will speak to us through his creation. We We can look at the creation of God. We can look at God's handiwork. And God will begin to speak to us through his creation. How many have ever just... I know we're not in a generation where we do as much of this as they used to, but how many have just uh, looked at the ocean or looked at the mountains or looked at the stars? And in that moment, you felt the majesty of God. You felt the wonder, the splendor of God's creation. God will minister to you and speak to you through his creation. Uh, It declares his greatness. It declares who he is and what he is. And so we should... Take time to allow God to speak to us in that way. Number 10, God will speak to you through your pastor or ministerial authority. I think we're in a generation where we're getting away from this a little bit, and it's causing a lot of problems in people's lives. Uh, people want a pastor to preach to them, but they don't want a pastor who has any kind of ability to speak into their life. And, uh, but God will often speak to people through their pastor. Look at at Hebrews 13 and 7, speaking specifically of pastors and ministry. It says, remember them which have the rule over you. I wish we had time to talk more about that. Now, that's not talking about rule in the sense of a dictatorship, but it is talking about spiritual authority. People have spiritual authority over your life. Who have spoken unto you what? The word of God. So remember them, consider them, take what they say into consideration, take it seriously because they've spoken the word of God into your life. And then he says this, he says, whose faith follow, follow their faith. The word follow, uh, could be translated from the Greek imitate. We could say, I think in English we would say better imitate their faith, imitate their lifestyle. Imitate that. Allow that to be something that you emulate in your life, considering the end of their conversation. You should should look at their life, the fruit of their life. You should pay attention to their conversation, and you should allow that to have a a role in your life of authority that will lead you and guide you. And oftentimes uh, in my life, when I could not find the will of God for myself, I was able to go to a shepherd in my life who was able to help me find the will of God and the voice of God for my life. Aren't you glad that God gave us a shepherd to be able to do that? God didn't give us a shepherd to beat us up and hurt us. God gave us a shepherd to protect us from the wolves and to feed us and to care for us. And he is caring for us as an under shepherd to the great shepherd. Aren't you glad that God did that? God gave us shepherds Because he loves us. Because he is a shepherd himself. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. All right, next slide. I'm moving quickly because I have so many, but we are getting there, I promise. God will speak to us through the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 and 7, and then verse 8, and then we'll skip to verse 10. Let me, let me say this on a Wednesday night. I believe that if, if we're not careful, and I've preached in a lot of churches over the years, and uh, I worry that the gifts of the Spirit are not being sought after by younger generations. Hello? Hello? I worry because I see elder generations who are operating in the gifts of the spirit and I see good, sincere, younger people in the church who are good people, but they are not seeking the gifts of the spirit. They have the Holy Ghost, but they're not seeking the gifts of the spirit and the church needs the operation of the gifts of the spirit. I think I should get a few more amens on that. The church needs the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. This should be something that we seek after, that we long for, that we hope for. Now let's look at, there's a couple ways that God will speak to us through the gifts of the Spirit. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. In other words, the gifts of the Spirit are given so that everyone can profit from them. Everyone can be edified by the gifts of the Spirit. So this is for the whole church, and God gave it to us for this purpose. Verse 8, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Everyone said the word of wisdom. This is the first gift of the Spirit that God will often speak to us through, and God will give us a word of wisdom into our lives. We need to be able to operate through the word of wisdom This is an operation of the spirit that is a gift of wisdom that goes beyond our own wisdom that we have. Did you know that God is wiser than we are? The wisest among us is not wiser than God. And when the spirit comes upon someone and gives us a word of wisdom, that is a wisdom that does not come from man. It's a wisdom that comes from God. And oftentimes, a word of wisdom will come in a moment where we desperately need clarity from the Lord. And we need apostolics who are sensitive to the Spirit of God so that they can walk in wisdom that is beyond their own wisdom. Amen? You know, I believe the elders had this kind of wisdom. Let me just say this very, very quickly. And I know we're running out of time. The elders in the early apostolic church at the formation of of the church in, in the 19th century as the Holy ghost was being poured out after years of silence, or at least, uh, at least years where people weren't talking about it. It was more underground the the early church pioneers, men and women of God, they took a stand, a very strong stand against tobacco, for example, and smoking long before. Now listen, this is important long before Every package of cigarettes had a great big warning about how it causes lung cancer. Long before anybody knew that smoking would literally be killing millions and millions of people down the road. And the doctors would be saying nobody should be smoking. Now, even among now, I know people smoke, but even in secular wisdom, I talk to lots of people who smoke and they'll say, I wish I didn't smoke. And I'll talk to people who say, I, I started smoking. I wish I could stop. I know, it, I, know I shouldn't be uh, because it's so bad for me. And so even secular culture understands that smoking is something that nobody should be doing. And in the early church, they had a word of wisdom that understood even before science had caught up with the wisdom of God. Everybody okay? Okay. Science had not even caught up to the wisdom of God yet, and the church stood up and said, this is not something that Holy Ghost filled people should be doing. We should not be smoking, and so we're going to abstain from smoking. That was a word of wisdom that was long before its time. Why? Because God knows more than the doctors know. God knows more than science knows, and God can speak a word of wisdom into our lives. Wow. In those generations, the world laughed at the church for that kind of stance. A lot of people made fun of the church for taking a stance against smoking, and now the world has even caught up to that. Another another example is television, by the way. I can't tell you how many secular people I talk to now who do not allow their children to watch television and has nothing to do with with a religious belief. It's because they want their kids to be intelligent. Everybody okay? They don't want their kids to grow up and be stupid and wasting their time on a tube. And so they say in their secular wisdom, there are better things that my children could do with their time. And they don't need to spend eight hours every Saturday sitting in front of the tube. We want them to do something more constructive with their time. Even secular culture has caught up to the mindset. And the church now is softening its stance on television while the world is hardening its stance on television. I think we just need to go back to having a word of wisdom from the Lord, don't you? I think we should let the Lord lead us and not our carnality, our flesh. And we could talk a lot about that. Okay, word of wisdom, we need it. To another, the word of knowledge. Everyone said the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge. The word of knowledge by the same spirit comes from the same God. Word of knowledge is a little different than a word of wisdom. A word of knowledge can sometimes be where God gives someone uh, a knowledge of something uh, in your future or in your life or even in your past that they would have no prior information about. They have no way of knowing that. But God gave them that in the spirit. And, uh, and we need the operation of the gift of the word of knowledge, to where God can sometimes warn us of things, convict us of things, and God will speak to us in this way. Number 10, verse 10, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy. Everyone said prophecy. We need the gift of prophecy alive in the church. God will speak to us through the gift of prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits. Everyone said the discerning of spirits. God will speak to us through the discerning of spirits. I think this is a a fading gift of the spirit in the church that needs to be revived in the hearts of God's people. We ought to be able to discern spirits, not only of individuals that we come into contact with, But sometimes there are environments that we go into where we ought to be able to discern the spirit of that environment is not a spirit that I want to be associated with. This is not a healthy spirit. This doesn't this doesn't sync with the spirit of God. It's not compatible. Did you know that unholy spirits are not compatible with the Holy Spirit? And so if you are full of the Holy Spirit. When you come around unholy spirits, something inside of you, the discerning of spirits is going to say, "Okay, something is not right here. This is not an environment. This is not a person. This is not a conversation. This is not something that I should be doing. What is that? That's the gift of the discerning of spirits in its greatest form. The gift of the discerning of spirits is when you can come into contact with a wolf in sheep's clothing and nothing about their persona seems dangerous. But the Holy Ghost inside of you says, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but there is something not right with that person's spirit. Now, does that mean you get up and call them? No, but you have a discerning of spirits that allows you to walk in wisdom so that you're not pulled in dangerous directions by wolves in sheep's clothing. Amen? And by the way, I think everyone in this room ought to be praying for the discerning of spirits. It's something we should pray for. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. We had this last Sunday night. And this is when, this, when we have uh, in church where someone will speak in other tongues. This is the gift of tongues. So someone will speak out loud in tongues. Usually when it's of God. There'll be a natural, what I call a holy hush. Anyone know what I'm talking about? We're almost just a, a quiet will settle over the room, and as the room grows quiet, uh, God will move on someone in the spirit, and they will burst forth or break forth into tongues. They will speak in other tongues loudly, and this is uh, this is the gift of tongues, and to another. The gift of interpretation of those tongues. In other words, God will give someone the interpretation of what was just given in tongues and that God will speak to the church through the gift of the interpretation of tongues. Later, Paul begins to talk about, you know, we don't need all kinds of people breaking forth in in tongues without an interpretation. Why did Paul emphasize this? Because because the gift of tongues is not just so that we can be mystical and super spiritual and just have these mystical moments. No, God gave us tongues and interpretation for the edification of the church so that he can speak to his people through tongues and through the interpretation of those tongues. I'm glad God still speaks to his people through the gifts of the spirit. And we should be seeking these gifts. We should be sensitive to these gifts. Sometimes people will ask me, how will I know if I have the gift of the interpretation of tongues or the gift of tongues? And uh, oftentimes I find with people who are growing in the gift of tongues that they'll have an urge when that hush, that holy hush hits the room, they'll have an urge to speak in tongues out loud and, and yet their fear or their insecurity will cause them to suppress that urge. And I encourage you, if you're feeling like God is wanting to use you in the gift of tongues, do not suppress that urge. Allow God to speak through you and burst forth in tongues and God will use you in that way. Don't let fear stop you. For God hath not given us what? The spirit of fear. And so push against that fear. And if God wants to use you in the interpretation of tongues, uh, certainly while tongues are being... uh, brought forth. You should be incredibly prayerful, focused on the Lord, and God will begin to put this into your mind and he'll put it into your mouth. It will not be your thoughts. It will not be your words. It will not be something that you have to formulate. God will begin to speak through you, open up your mouth and allow God to do that. Amen. And you should seek for it in prayer. Number 12, last slide. We're closing here. Number 12, God will speak to us through angels. Everyone said angels. Angels. I, I don't want to ask. I'm tempted to, but God will speak to us through angels. Sometimes He'll speak to you through an angel and, and uh, you don't know it's an angel. Angels unaware, the scripture says. The Bible is full of this. You know, sometimes people, even apostolics, think this sounds crazy, but uh, if you think that sounds uh, crazy, Then you think the Bible is crazy because the Bible is full of people, New Testament and Old Testament, who were who were approached by angels and God spoke to them through a heavenly host. This should not be something that you think of as kooky or crazy or strange or weird. God will often speak to us through angels and he can still do so today. If uh, if he so chooses. Number 13, God will speak to us through fleeces. How many remember that Gideon fleeced the Lord? He put that fleece out. And uh, God will still do that. Many times in my life, I've I've fleeced God. Anyone ever fleeced the Lord before you (laughs) said, Lord, I don't know what else to do, but if you want me to do it, do this. If you don't do that, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, God will respond to that. Uh, we can put fleeces out before the Lord. And finally, stand with me. I'm closing. Verse 14. God speaks to us through partial revelation. Everyone said partial. Partial revelations. First Corinthians 13 and 9 says this. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And even, now listen to this. This is very important. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. That's the New Living Translation. Even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. Is anyone willing to be able to humble yourself before the Lord and acknowledge God? I'm never going to know everything. We're never going to fully comprehend the plan of God. Even if God showed us his plan, we wouldn't be able to comprehend the plan of God. Even if God pulled back the windows of heaven and he revealed all of the different things that are happening in the spirit, all of the things happening from the beginning of creation to the end, all of the things that happened prior to creation. If God revealed all of those things to us, our finite human minds would not be able to comprehend the plan of God. We see through a glass darkly now. It's almost like spiritually we're walking through life with dark sunglasses on. Have you ever worn really, really dark sunglasses? And you can kind of see, but you can't really see everything. And, and certainly if it's far away, you really can't see. It's just so dark. And even your own eyesight is limited. And that's how it is in the spirit. Oftentimes we see God gives us a vision. He gives us a dream. He gives us a sign. He gives us a word of knowledge. He gives us a word of wisdom. He shows us a part of his plan, but we can't see everything. And oftentimes we wonder, Lord, why did you do it this way? Why did you do it that way? How could this happen? And all of that is because we have partial revelation. We have some, but we don't have it all. And part of the Christian experience is to be able to say like Paul, we walk by faith and not by, let me say that again. We walk by faith and not by sight. And so I'm not demanding that God shows me everything. There are things in my life that I want God to show me, but I'm not gonna demand that God, because he can. What I am saying is Lord, with what I have, with the knowledge I have, be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, Lord. I know I'm not going to be able to say all the way down the road, but God, if you'll just illuminate my footsteps. Oh, somebody ought to pray this with me tonight. If you'll just illuminate a little, let me take another step, Lord. And every time I take a step, if you'll just light that next step, God. Lord, I don't have to see the whole road, but just light that next step. Be a lamp. Be a light. Be a lamp. Be a light. Be a lamp. Be a light, be a light God, and I'll try i trust you with every step. I'll trust you with my way in my comings and my goings, Lord. I will trust you, God. And I believe you to do it, Lord. Lift up your hands and ask the Lord to be a lamp unto your feet. Would you, God, in the name of Jesus, be a lamp unto our feet? Be a light unto our... We don't have to know everything, God. We'll never understand it all. It's not our job to understand everything. But I pray that you would lead us and guide us as only you can do, Lord. Give us the faith to walk even when we don't see clearly. Give us the faith to walk in the Spirit even when we don't understand everything. Give us the faith, Lord, to keep on moving forward. Even when all we see is giants and mountains and obstacles, God, help us to walk by faith And not by sight. It's our prayer, Lord. And God, I also pray that you would pour out the gifts of the Spirit on apostolic tabernacle. Raise up saints, Lord, who operate in the gifts. I pray that you would help them to be sensitive to the gifts of the Spirit, Lord. I pray that the gifts would not die in this modern apostolic church. I pray, Lord, that we would go away from things that distract us and that we would become strong in the Spirit and that we would flow. In the spirit, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I ask it. Pour it, Pour it out. 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 Pour it out on your people. Pour it out on your people, I pray, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we ask it, oh God. In the name, oh, I wish someone would throw up your hands and ask the Lord to give you the gifts of the spirit. Oh, God, we covet the good gifts, Lord. Your word tells us to covet the good gifts. And Lord, we ask you for them. Lord, we're seeking after them, God, in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you. Lift up your hands and let's pray for the bramlets tonight as they grieve the loss of their daughter. Lord, I pray that you'd minister to the bramlets tonight. I pray, God, as they grieve, I pray that you'd give them peace that passes understanding. I pray that you would help that entire family, God. I pray that you would help them tonight. I pray that you'd give them rest Give them comfort, I pray. Minister to them. Send ministering angels to them right now. We ask it in the name of Jesus. In these critical hours ahead, in these stressful hours ahead, I pray that you would help them, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for braving the coronavirus, and coming to the house of God tonight. We love you. Greet a few people. It's okay. You can shake their hand. They're not going to hurt you. Uh, Let them know you love them, and it's good to see them in church.